and welcome to episode two of the Five Lights podcast produced by Kilari Sports. My name is Aman Alani and I'll be your host. For today, we will be recapping the Hungarian Grand Prix, which just wrapped up. Lewis Hamilton took home the win thanks to a classy strategic call from Mercedes, while Vettel and Verstappen rounded out the podium. Vettel actually made a last-ditch move on teammate Charles Leclerc, which ended up profitable for him as he continued another successful week before Formula 1 shut down for the summer break. However, one of our main talking points today will be how Hamilton truly is still the alpha male in Formula 1. So, this weekend was historic for Max Verstappen because it was his first time notching a pole position in Formula 1. As they got off the line, Verstappen got a great start and it's important to note that Verstappen has never lost a race which he has led from lap 1. However, this began to change today. As Hamilton and Bottas were scrapping off the line, this gave Max plenty of room to get moving ahead. In his eyes, in his in his rearview mirror, he was basically licking his chops at this point because Bottas got wing damage from Charles Leclerc and because of the little tussle between Hamilton and Bottas early off the line, he basically had about 2-3 to three seconds of buffer already within a couple laps after the rave started. From then on, nothing really happened up until lap 29. At this point, Verstappen came in for fresh tires and Bono, Lewis Hamilton's race engineer, gave him the alright Lewis, it's hammer time. In, Merce- in Mercedes talk, what that means is get a move on, let's really put some quick laps in because if we give ourselves enough of a gap, then we can make a pit stop and come out ahead. When he got this, Lewis really pushed hard, but I think that Max pushed even harder because Verstappen did really well to put pressure on Hamilton and what happened was he effectively put Lewis into this unsafe zone. So what unsafe means is that when there's a pit stop, they would have to calculate the time it takes from entering the pit lane up until exiting to make sure that it's safe and that they would return on track in the same position and not having lost any ground to the cars behind them. For Hungary, that time was 18 seconds. So Lewis Hamilton had to be 18 seconds clear of Max Verstappen, but when Max Verstappen came out of the pit lane, he was just putting in really hot sectors and really hot laps, which didn't really give Lewis any wiggle room. So left with no other choice, he had to come into the pits and he came out in second. With fresher tires on, Lewis really tried to put on a charge, but the issue here was that Lewis Hamilton was almost getting too close to Max Verstappen without making a move, and on a track like Hungary, which is so tight and it's so difficult to overtake on, that's not good because Lewis's brakes were overheating really quickly, and when that happens, he was losing performance from his brakes extremely rapidly. Around lap 38, he came on the team radio and asked his engineer, is there anything more I can do? Essentially, when he asked Bono, his race engineer, this, that was code language for please give me permission to turn the engine up or use extra overtake energy or give me some help from the mechanical side because my car is overheating and I'm not getting ground on Max Verstappen and I'm losing grip on my tires. Unfortunately, there was nothing more that Mercedes could do from their side. So they went ahead for a really interesting perhaps bold and definitely a gamble of a strategic call. On lap 49, they pit Hamilton for fresher tires. Essentially, a lot of the cars at Hungary went for a one-stopper, but 
they noticed that Max Verstappen was getting really tense about the gap to Lewis Hamilton behind him. He was asking for split times. He was asking for whether Lewis Hamilton had DRS activation yet. And basically the Mercedes pit wall noticed that Red Bull were napping. And essentially what Red Bull did was they turned their attention from pushing for the win into trying to keep Lewis Hamilton behind behind them. So Red Bull went from the, the typical offensive strategy, which they are very famous for using, to a more defensive call. And I think this is where Red Bull began to lose the race because when Max saw Lewis enter the pits, straight away, Mercedes was able to put Max into his own head and they got him thinking why his team, Red Bull, didn't pit him instead and why Red Bull wasn't matching what Lewis Hamilton was doing because yes, this was a gamble and it would have put Lewis Hamilton 22 seconds back of the lead. But at the same time, Lewis Hamilton was coming back at Max Verstappen in about 15 laps time with way fresher tires. And if he got the gap close enough, then he could pick off Verstappen extremely easily, which he did on lap 67. So Mercedes capitalized on Red Bull's lenience or kind of laziness in making a decision. And they pulled a really sneaky card by pitting Lewis for fresher tires. Christian Horner came on to the broadcast and mentioned that, yes, this was a gamble and they've definitely rolled the dice, so let's see what happens. And I think that was just a really soft way for Christian Horner to say that we have no response to this. They caught us napping. There's really nothing we can do. So when Lewis was closing the gap on Max, it was basically two seconds a lap. So with the fresh tires and with renewed energy, basically in a spirit, Hamilton was able to just push this car to its absolute limit. And by closing in at two seconds a lap, Max was pretty much just a sitting duck and it was only a matter of time until Lewis could make the pass and go on to win the race. On lap 62, the overtake was estimated to come in around six laps, but Lewis Hamilton, in true Lewis Hamilton style, went for the move even earlier than expected on lap 67 and he pulled it off. So really bold strategic call from Mercedes this weekend, but it seemed to have paid off because Red Bull were really strong in free practice three and Max Verstappen broke the track record in qualifying. So they basically had no other choice but to do something risky. They did and safe to say that they paid dividends. But I don't think that this would have been possible if it wasn't for Mercedes's confidence in Lewis Hamilton's abilities and the car's performance because I think that they took this risk knowing that if it didn't work out, worst case scenario, there was still P2 and it was still another solid weekend, another podium and some more good data for them to build upon. But they knew that if it did work out, they would come away with a race win and it would be an even better weekend. So Lewis Hamilton's abilities and the absolute lightning quick car that they had in this year's model was just the key to making this, this call happen. Unfortunately, Valtteri Bottas did not have such a good experience this weekend. While it was really exciting to see him and Daniel Ricciardo having a scrap for the majority of the race, an early collision with Charles Leclerc essentially put him out of it when he lost part of his front wing and had to pit really on in the race, which is hurtful to see, but that's racing. And he exited the pits in P20. Eventually, he did well to finish in the points. Mercedes thought that he would finish as high as P5, P6, but I'd say it was a solid weekend for Bottas as well. It was a little disappointing about the start, but it was a great recovery drive. 
Speaking of Daniel Ricardo, I think this weekend and this race especially was a true testament in Ricardo's driving abilities and keeping a Mercedes behind him for so long. So the question begs, where will Daniel Ricardo go next year? Well, this weekend there have been a lot of rumors of, of a Ferrari seat possibly opening up for Daniel Ricardo, especially with Sebastian Vettel potentially leaving the outfit, but who knows? No one really knows what Daniel Ricardo's contract with Renault says, except for Ricardo and Renault. But if I were Renault, I would do everything they can to keep Ricardo on board because when the 2021 rules and regulation changes can come about, it's going to be pivotal to have an experienced driver at the helm. And obviously with the new engine regulations, it's anyone's game. So the entire pack is pretty much going to reshuffle. And when that happens, I have a feeling that Renault is going to be very high up on the standings. So by then, Daniel Ricciardo as a 32-year-old driver will have his best possible shot at a World Drivers' Championship. However, I don't know if this is what Ricardo wants because on Netflix's Drive to Survive this year, actually, he did mention that he's 30 and he is, he's not getting any younger, basically. So he wants to cash in on his talent and he wants to cash in on his abilities right now. So the, far, the Ferrari seat certainly looks really attractive to Daniel Ricardo, but I would wait and see what happens. However, I do think that the Charles Leclerc Daniel Ricciardo combination would be really good for the team, and I think that would be a team that could bring in a lot of race wins. On the other hand, Valtteri Bottas, his seat is not a guaranteed lock. As of right now, they have Esteban Ocon on deck as reserve driver, who's he's basically just doing a lot of simulator testing. He's getting the setup nailed in for the weekend, and this weekend, Lewis, Lewis Hamilton's basically car setup was heavily influenced by the hours and hours of driving that Esteban Ocon did on the simulator right before he got to Hungary. So he's been playing a pivotal role in the team's fortunes this season. He's been learning lots and he's basically ready to, he's ready to take Valtteri Bottas' seat whenever he needs to, if needed. At the same time, there have been a lot of talks of Max Verstappen moving to Mercedes as Nico Rosberg revealed on his YouTube channel today that a Red Bull insider told him about a possible clause in Verstappen's contract that mentions if Verstappen is within the top three of the driver's championship standings by the summer break, which we have just entered, then a move to a team like Mercedes is possible by 2021, and that's something that Red Bull will have to honor, which is really exciting because if Alcon gets Bottas's seat and then Verstappen gets Hamilton's seat, it's going to be, it's truly the next generation of drivers that started at teams like Toro Rosso, that started at teams like Sauber. They're going to be at the, at the front lines of the sport. They're going to be the ones fighting for championships and race wins. And with Lewis Hamilton, like Daniel Ricciardo, not getting any younger, I don't think that we're going to see Lewis Hamilton in Formula 1 past 2021. I think that Hamilton is, enjoys winning too much to take a move to a team like Williams or a team like even Alfa Romeo seriously just because he knows how good he is and he knows what the peak of his career was. So from his point of view, I believe that when he's done, he's done. And with the 2021 rules changes coming about, if Mercedes is not at their peak performance like they are right now, I struggle to see why or even how Lewis Hamilton would want to stay 
because by then he would have practically achieved everything there is to achieve in the sport. And there's basically, he's basically at a ceiling. There's no higher for him to go. He would have had almost, I think, seven or even more World Drivers Championships. He would basically go down as the greatest driver of all time. And I think that would be a really fitting way for Hamilton to exit the motorsport scene. We do have to give out a few honorable mentions. First one, Carlos Sainz and McLaren. Carlos Sainz has had two back-to-back P5s, and it's safe to say that he's taking the McLaren car way past its potential. Last week after Hockenheim, he told the team on Team Radio that the P5, even though it was a good result in the rain, it didn't feel as good because he felt like he could really done he could have really done much better. But I believe that Carlos Sainz deserves way more credit than he's getting right now. Like I said, he's pushing the McLaren much past the midfield, and alongside his teammate Lando Norris, he's practically single-handedly carrying the brunt of the team because Lando is clearly still learning the ropes of Formula One. Last week, he had an unfortunate crash, but he's also been notching some crucial points for the team. And I would say that if McLaren doesn't become a title contender by 2021, I would expect to see Carlos Sainz in the top three seat by then because Carlos really has a driving potential and what he's been doing with the McLaren is unprecedented. So it's really cool to see what he's been doing and I would hope to see him in a better car soon as I really do think he can be fighting for World Driver Championships. Switching gears a little bit, Mick Schumacher, son of legendary driver Michael Schumacher, won the Formula 2 race at Hungary just before this F1 race started. So a little background on Mick. He's currently driving in for Prima Racing in Formula 2, and he is in the Ferrari Young Drivers Program. He's been, he got signed earlier this year, and he's really struggled for the most part this season. He had one good race a few weeks ago where he jumped from P4, P18 to P4, but apart from that, he hasn't really been doing much, which is why this race and this weekend was so big for him. I would say that with Ferrari definitely keeping their eye on him as a potential race replacement for Kimi Raikkonen at Sauber or one of the Haas drivers, Ferrari could maybe start to think about how they could integrate him more into the Formula 1 scene as he's made it clear that he does have the talent, he does have the skill and with the name that comes along with the driving abilities, it's a no-brainer for any team to snap him up because He's so marketable, and with the talent that, he's, that he carries in the cockpit, he could really be a force to be reckoned with in the years to come. So, that brings us to where we are right now. Formula One has officially shut down for the summer break. Action will resume in just three short weeks at Spa in Belgium, where Ferrari will be a clear favorite due to their really good straight line speed. And then shortly after that, Ferrari is going to their home at Monza in Italy, so it could be a really good second half of the season for Ferrari. Sebastian Vettel, who is currently Ferrari's number one driver, has always performed much better in the second half than the first half. So I wouldn't quite say that the championship's over yet, especially with some of the tracks like Singapore and maybe even a, like a Abu Dhabi really suiting a car like Red Bull. I think that Verstappen's certainly gonna try his best to give Lewis Hamilton a run for his money with Sebastian Vettel and Charles Leclerc also trying to push for added competition in the second half of the season. As always, the Five Lights podcast will be on hand to cover it, but until then, be safe and talk soon.